This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Some of the most beautiful promises that are found anywhere in the Bible are nestled away in one of the books which we seldom read, a book in the Old Testament. Many of us are aware of the truths of the promises, but perhaps we've not seen them together before. These promises to which I refer are found in the 33rd chapter of Deuteronomy. This morning I'd like for us to look at them together. Deuteronomy 33, beginning with the first verse. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. And then skipping down to verse 24. Of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren and let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and in his excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. God never puts promises like these in a group without a reason. And I think that reason is stated in a verse which precedes these verses. That's verse 25. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. Many of us uh, from days gone by are familiar with the writings of a great preacher, Dr. Roy Angel, who has a book by that title, Iron Shoes. What God was trying to say to these people of the tribe of Asher was that the road before them would have troubles, trials, all sorts of difficulties, but he was going to see them through. The people were then given these three promises, which is the heart of what I want to share with you today. The first in verse 25 of Deuteronomy 33, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Dr. John Hutton used to be the pastor of the Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. One day a young man whom he had never met came to see him. This young man told this dramatic story to the preacher. He had come from the Middle West a few days before to New York City for the purpose of being married there. With his fiancée, he was walking along Fifth Avenue. The sidewalk was covered, and his bride-to-be stepped off the sidewalk and was accidentally knocked down by a car and killed on the spot. That happened on a Wednesday. They were to have been married the following Friday morning, but on that Friday instead, she was buried. For two days, this young man was past feeling. At her grave, he made a vow that he would join her as soon as he could in whatever world awaits those with broken hearts. Something kept holding him back from hour to hour. He kept postponing the act of taking his own life. He went back to New York City, and one night through a rented room on the top floor of a hotel, he had full intentions of jumping to his death. 
Before jumping, though, he glanced over at a copy of the New York Times. And he read there in that paper that a preacher by the name of Dr. Hutton was to preach the next morning on the subject, The Breaking Point, What Next? Unknown to that preacher, this young man was in the congregation of the First Pre- Fifth, Pre- Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church that Sunday morning. And he heard Dr. Hutton say during his sermon, My dear sir, if you are nearing the breaking point, there are two things I now say to you. First, it is always possible to hold on a little longer. And second, you never know what God has waiting for you around the corner. At those words, the young man told this preacher that the grim purpose was torn from his heart. He would not carry through with his suicide intentions. And he shared that story with the preacher who had said those words in that sermon that day. The young man left the church that day determined to begin again and to put his life into the hands of Jesus Christ. No one who really does this is ever disappointed. Jesus Christ is really the only one who can give to you, to me, the power to live a victorious life. I don't know everybody who's listening to my voice right now. People are listening from most of our 50 states and from many foreign countries who tune into our podcast. We're grateful to have you as part of our congregation today. There may be someone listening who's just about decided that life is not worth living for you, just like that young man had. And if that's your situation, I want you to listen very closely. If you're nearing the breaking point from the burden of your fears, your worries, your problems, or if it's maybe because of the load of guilt that you carry, reach out your hand in faith, take hold of the hand of Christ, you will find help to keep on. He has promised, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Christians at Corinth, that wicked city, told them this same truth when he said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Listen to some other Bible verses which say the same thing. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is complete toward him. Psalm 42, 41, verse 2. The angel of the Lord campeth around about them that respect him, and he delivers them. Psalm 91, verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and underneath his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That verse, as thy days, so shall thy strength be, 
was the favorite text of a great preacher of years gone by, Alexander McLaren. When he was only 16 years old, he got his first job about six miles from his home near Glasgow, Scotland. But between his home and his work was a big ravine through which he had to travel. This ravine was supposed to be haunted, they thought, back in those days. And well, it was bad enough to travel through it in the daytime, but at night, oh, that was unthinkable. Alexander McLaren's father walked with him to work on the first Monday morning. And he told his son, I want you to return home now Saturday night. As soon as you finish your work, well, the boy hesitated, saying, I think I'll just wait until Sunday morning to come back home. He didn't want to go through that ravine at night. But his father insisted that he come on home Saturday when he got off work. He would be so eager to see him. The boy worried all week long about Saturday night. But when he came, he started out. He wanted to obey his dad. He tried to whistle to keep up his courage, but the tears of fright came anyhow. He got down into that ravine and he heard footsteps on the path. He started to turn around and run in panic, but for some reason he hesitated. McLaren said, up out of the darkness and into the pale light as I watched came the head and the shoulders of the grandest man on earth. He was bound to know I was scared to death, but all he said was, Alec, I wanted to see you so badly that I came to meet you. And so shoulder to shoulder, we went down into that terrible valley and I was not afraid of anything that walked. My father was beside me. There's a second truth, a second promise that God gave to the tribe of Asher and to us. It's found in verse 27, Deuteronomy 33. And that is this, the eternal God is thy refuge. There are times in life when we all need a refuge. Some people claim to be so strong they don't need this, but those who are actually the strongest people in life are those who will most readily admit that they within themselves often have a refuge from life. There are times when this world is too much with us. We're wounded, we're sick of heart. Jesus told us to go into the closet and shut the door. Stay alone with God. After Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, he withdrew to Arabia, possibly Sinai, to have an extended quiet time with God. One of my favorite stories which Dr. Angel tells is one that I think so vividly illustrates this same truth. One morning at dawn, when he was in the saddle, as he listened to the music of the foxhounds as they chased an elusive red fox. This fox had often slipped by the dogs several times before and he had hid in a certain cave up, up ahead. And so this time Dr. Angel and his companion went ahead on their horses. When they got to where they wanted to be, they concealed their horses in some bushes, hoping to get a look at that elusive red fox. And after a time of sitting and waiting, they watched as the fox trotted very calmly to the mouth of his den, which was around the edge of a high cliff on a shelf of rock. The fox stopped at the mouth of a cave right behind him. He listened intently to the sound of the dogs. He licked his paws and sat down to wait. 
Finally, when the sound of the dogs came closer, the barking, uh, the fox stood up and trotted unhurriedly into the dark cavern behind him where he could not be reached by the dogs. And then the companion of Dr. Angel, who was observing the whole thing also, remarked to the preacher, Reverend, there we've just seen a great sermon. When you have a safe refuge to which you can go in time of trouble, then the hounds of life don't worry you too much. Our scripture for today tells us that we do have that refuge. The eternal God is thy refuge. Finally, there's one other beautiful promise in that same verse, verse 27, and that is this. Underneath are the everlasting arms. People who regularly attend our worship services here at Ocean Lakes know that during the summertime, we have children's sermon stories from that book, Bird Life in Wington. In one of those stories, Baldy Eagle was afraid to venture out, fly alone from a nest. So one day, Mr. Eagle pushed him out of the nest and made him fly. And the, the young bird did. But after a time, though, the young bird Baldy became tired. He was afraid he was going to fall to his death. But just at that moment, he felt something solid under him. It was his father who had spread out his big strong wings and had caught his sons on his back. I think this is the picture that Moses had in mind when he wrote those words of our text for today. Isaiah echoed that same thought. When he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Before I learned how to swim, our family often came to the beach for a vacation. One day, my father and I went out into the ocean for a swim. Now, I couldn't swim, but that's what we went out into the surf. I was really afraid to go out very far. But one day I did venture out a little bit farther than I uh, felt comfortable, but my dad was by my side. All was going well for a while, and then I saw a tremendous wave coming toward us. It was tremendous to me, anyhow. I was almost panic-stricken, knowing that the water would swell up far over my head. <clears throat> but just about that time when the big wave got to me, I felt the strong arms of my father lifting me up. Together, he and I rode that wave, and my fear was gone. That's why we sang that song this morning. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning on Jesus. Leaning on Jesus. Safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning on Jesus. Leaning on Jesus. Leaning on the everlasting arms. <clears throat> Peter Marshall, great Presbyterian preacher of years gone by, who was a chaplain of the Senate, in one of his sermons entitled Go Down Death, tells a wonderful story of a little boy who had an incurable illness. Month after month, his mother tenderly nursed him. But as time went by, the little fellow gradually began to understand that he would not live. One day he quietly asked, Mother, what is it like to die? Does it hurt? 
tears filled the mother's eyes as she ran to the kitchen to see about something on the stove. She knew that question had to be faced. She leaned her head against the kitchen cabinet, her knuckles pressed white against the wall while she breathed a hurried prayer, Lord, please tell me how to answer my little boy. And the Lord did tell her. Immediately she knew what to say. She returned to her son's bedroom where he lay in bed dying and she said to him, Son, you remember when you were a little tiny boy you used to play so hard that when night came you'd be too tired even to undress? You'd tumble into my bed, my, your dad's bed, and you'd fall asleep there. That was not your bed. It's not where you belonged. But in the morning, you remember, you would wake up, you'd find yourself in your own bed, in your own room. What happened? You know, your father had come after you went to sleep, and with his big, strong arms, he carried you away. Son, death is something like that, the mother said. We just wake up in some morning and we find ourselves in another room, our own room where we belong because Jesus loved us. The little boy never asked that question again. And several weeks later, he fell asleep just as his mother had said. Three promises of God and all three promises are kept until this very day. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Is God trying to break through with you today and help you to see that He loves you, He wants to bless you just where you need it most? Will you receive Him today? He wants to be your haven of rest. God's ready if you are. Father, help us to know and remember as we're going to sing in a moment, God will take care of you and to know that you do love us and you care for us and every promise you've given, we can take to heart. This we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.